today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. Now, this is King David, the guy that killed the giant, became the great king of Israel. This is his son, and his wisdom as Solomon was legendary in the ancient world. Um, the Bible tells us that people came from all over to hear the wisdom of Solomon. It was this wisdom that led to Israel's golden age. And if there's anyone in Israel we should want to learn from, it should be Solomon. So what is it for? What is this wisdom for? It's wisdom for life. Hope in God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. As Pastor Ricky begins his new teaching series through the book of Proverbs, he'll be encouraging us to obey the wisdom of God that was penned through Solomon. Solomon was known to be the most wise man that has ever lived. Solomon asked God for one thing and he asked for wisdom. One of the things that is greatly lacking in today's culture is godly wisdom. The best way to be wise is by reading the word of God and applying it to our everyday lives. Now, here's Pastor Ricky with part one of his message entitled, The Beginning of Wisdom. What do you use to navigate life? Everybody uses something, some source of wisdom or knowledge to navigate life. I found an unusual example of this. I was listening to a story recently about a car dealership in New Jersey Um, And a group of reporters kind of descended on this car lot at the end of the month to see what happens. Haven't you always wanted to get into the inner workings? Like, what is going on behind the scenes of the used car lot or a car lot? This was kind of the story. And so the reporters were, you know, giving all these different aspects of who's running it, who the salespeople are, what's going on. But one of the salespeople in particular stood out to me, a Mr. Manny Rosales. And he went up to the reporters soon after they arrived and said this, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, you have no idea what you're looking for. You're, you're talking to the mechanic people. You're talking to these other people. No, no, no. It's all in the negotiation. That's the key. And then he went on to say this. The salesman is the tiger and the customer is the deer, which I'm not understanding what part of the world that is. But, uh, and he says this. As the salesman, you have to kill the deer, but you must do it carefully at the right time. And then Mr. Rosales, as described by the reporter, clamped his hand around his neck and nodded knowingly, which the reporter found um, unsettling, to say the least. So he became fascinated with this salesman, and he realized there was something unique about Mr. Manny Rosales. Manny didn't even like cars. Despite selling cars for many years, he knew next to nothing about cars. He wasn't super attractive. He wasn't particularly charming. But every month, month after month, he just sold and sold and sold. So what was his secret? Later, he asked the reporter, have you ever read the greatest book ever written about car sales? And the reporter said, well, what book is that? And Manny told him, The Art of War by Chinese General Sun Tzu. (laughs) 
And he would quote lines as he was going throughout his day like this. He would say things just in passing like, all warfare is deception. And like nod knowingly and then just walk off. So the reporter starts to get in with Manny and begins to understand. He buys his own copy of The Art of War. He goes to Manny and says, okay, help teach me. And so soon after that, the, the, Manny is showing the reporter like clips of, of Chinese battles. You know, in the History Channel, when you're flipping through, sometimes those weird animations of like, and then the Mongols came from the north. Fortified, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like the, Manny's like going through these videos with him and saying, this is exactly what car sales is. Do you understand? And the reporter after, really at the end said, no, I still don't understand. But evidently it was effective. Manny governed everything in his life at work by a centuries-old war manual. It was his source of wisdom. He applied it professionally and probably applied it to some degree personally as well. Now, we look at that today and we say, well, that's crazy. Who does that? Who builds their life around an ancient book by long dead people and runs everything professionally and personally and spiritually by that. Well, that, that would be us also um, as Christians. Now, here's the reality though. We each have, you know, we could even say as Christians, yeah, we wanna run things by the Bible, but on a practical level, on a day-to-day -day basis, we each have a manual for life that we rely on. Perhaps our manual says how to win friends and influence people, Right? Or perhaps our manual says Teen Vogue on the cover. Or perhaps our manual says Real Simple on the cover. There's all kinds of sources of knowledge. And so we might look down on Manny, but listen, we have our own, don't we? Or sometimes our manual is not even a physical book. Sometimes the, the title of someone's life manual that they make all their decisions by is Things My Dad Said to Me So That I Wouldn't Be a Failure Like Him. Right? You're, you live your life based on things your dad has kind of instilled in you so you wouldn't fail. Or here's another one that a lot of people live by. What the boys said I had to do so they would date me, right? Your life manual could be searching for Mr. Right through the lens of romantic comedies that you've seen. Or it could be trying to be someone great through the lens of college and pro sports, like, I don't know what it is for you, but I think the thing we got to realize as we get into the book of Proverbs, the first thing we must realize is this. Everyone goes somewhere as a source for how to live life well. We all have it. And for the next few months, here's what we're going to seek to do. We're going to seek to dislodge our hands from gripping the sources of knowledge that we so often hold to and live by and allow that to be replaced by God's book. We're going to delve into this very unique book in the Bible, this ancient book of Proverbs. It covers everything. It covers everything from finance and money to sexuality and lust and marriage to parenting to whether you should give your brother-in-law a loan to how you should act when you get up early in the morning, right? All of this is in the book of Proverbs. And so today what we're going to do is give an overview of this book. I want to convince you today that you need this book, that we need this book more than ever, that as sources of knowledge have multiplied in our world, we've become actually less wise. And God is putting in front of us, friends, a source of true wisdom. So let's read Proverbs chapter 1, 
verses one through seven. The word of the Lord. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The big idea this morning, friends, is simple. It's this, that navigating life takes the pursuit of wisdom. And wisdom takes the pursuit of God. Do you want to navigate life well? You need the pursuit of wisdom. But you, if you are to do that, you need the pursuit of God. I want to lay out the groundwork for the next several months that we're going to be in the book of Proverbs as a church. And I want to allow this book to convince you to love and treasure and read and apply it by loving and treasuring and pursuing God. First question is, what is it for? Second question is, who is it for? The third question is, how do we get it? All about wisdom. What is it for? Who is it for? And how do we get it? Now, before we dive into that, I want to introduce this book just overall to you. The verse one says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Now, the word Proverbs would have been a familiar word in ancient kind of literature, and what would happen is nations like Egypt would kind of take all of the wise sayings of their wise men handed down over centuries, and they would distill them into these books, these, these, these books of wisdom literature. And what would happen is that if you were a nobleman being trained to kind of be a prince of Egypt or a nobleman in Egypt, you would, you would make these your constant textbooks right? And, and so you can imagine Moses, when he's living in Egypt, raised as a, as a prince, he would have spent his days studying the wisdom of Egypt. And so each nation would have kind of its own wisdom literature. And this is the wisdom literature of God's people. This is, this is unique in the Bible. There, there aren't other books that are exactly like this. There are, there are books like James that have kind of Proverbs kind of feel to them, but this is very unique in, in that it's a book of poetry and it's a book of poetry unlike the Psalms or unlike the Song of Songs or unlike Ecclesiastes. And it would have been familiar in, in style and tone to other books of ancient wisdom. Now, what the shape of the book looks like is that chapters one through nine are a prologue and an introduction to the collection of Proverbs. So what happens is after chapter nine, you get in all these books, the book of Solomon, the book of the 30 wise sayings of Israel. You know, you get these different books, but Proverbs one through nine serves as the introduction to all of that. So in the series, what we're gonna do is we're gonna spend several weeks studying chapters one through nine, and then we'll hit a few of the types of Proverbs in the rest of the book. But here's what I'd love for you to do. I'd love for you to read Proverbs while we're studying Proverbs. 
Uh, this is going to make so much more sense if kind of in, in, during the course of the week, if you can get in and dip into some Proverbs. I know my dad for many years has, has tried to, to read a few verses of Proverbs a day, or he'll have seasons where he'll just do a, a month of Proverbs, do a chapter a day for 31 days. Do something like that during this series, and I think it'll serve you. So this is a book of Proverbs written by Solomon, the son of David. Now, this is King David, the guy that killed the giant, became a great king of Israel. This is his son, and his wisdom, as Solomon, was legendary in the ancient world. Um, The Bible tells us that people came from all over to hear the wisdom of Solomon. It was this wisdom that led to Israel's golden age. And if there's anyone in Israel we should want to learn from, it should be Solomon. So what is it for? What is this wisdom for? It's wisdom for life. What is it for? It's wisdom for life. Verses two and three give us the purpose of the book, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. The whole goal of the book is summed up in that phrase, to know wisdom. And when the Bible speaks of wisdom, it doesn't just mean knowledge. It doesn't just mean smarts. It's something more than that. Wisdom has an art to it, not just a science to it. Ray Ortland gives a great definition of wisdom that I love. He says this, wisdom is skill, expertise, competence that understands how life really works, how to achieve successful and even beautiful results. It's kind of three parts there. Wisdom is skill or expertise or competence, but it understands, in the second place, how life really works, and then it applies that to achieve successful and even beautiful results. And a famous illustration of wisdom you're probably familiar with, even if you don't know a whole lot about the Bible. There's a famous story about Solomon and his wisdom, where two women come to him in a dispute over which child is their infant. One of the tra- children had died tragically or, or something. And, and, and so there's, there's one child, two moms claiming that this child is theirs. And so Solomon says this, okay, well, we'll simply um, give half the baby to you and give half the baby to you. And then you'll each have a half baby and it, it should be fine. Now, Solomon knows not being cruel. He knows exactly what will happen. Because as soon as he says this, the true mother of the child says, no, I would rather my child go to her than to be destroyed. Meanwhile, the other bitter mother says, well, I don't care. And Solomon immediately knows this is the real mother. See, that, that, that's what Dr. Ortland is talking about. Wisdom is skill, expertise, and competence that understands how life works to achieve beautiful results, like the reuniting of a child to its mother. Wisdom understands how life works. And this is critical because the Bible gives us a picture of an orderly world, not a simple simply crazy and chaotic world, but a world that God has laid out. He's laid out things like gravity. He's laid out things like the tides. And he's laid out order in in relationships. He's laid out order in work. He's laid all of these things out. Dr. Ortland says this, we were born into a pre-existing order that God created long ago. We need to know that what, we need to know what that order is and how it works in relationships, in finances, in sex, in every area of life so that 
listen to this, we can stop shooting ourselves in the foot. I love that. That's a great commentary. Dr. Orland is describing this. Listen, we don't just arrive at a chaotic world that has no order to it. We arrive in an ordered world with order in every area of life that's designed in by God. And understanding what that order is and how it's designed to work will keep you from shooting yourself in the foot in the area of finances or sex or relationships or anything else. Now, here's an illustration of, of a little bit how to, how to think about wisdom a little bit. In World War II, paratroopers were dropped into the skies over Normandy. British troops were dropped in one place. Other troops were dropped in other places. But when the Americans went in for their drop, there was a problem. And they hit several problems. They encountered bad weather in some spots. They encountered unexpected service-to-air opposition. And so the troops ended up scattered over a much broader area of France than anticipated. Now, these troops were equipped with training and supplies, but Here's the problem. In a situation like this, it doesn't matter if you have enough ammo or if you have had enough hand-to-hand -hand combat training, if you still lack one crucial thing, okay? So these guys were, were dropping with dozens of pounds of gear. They were trained for one to two years, and yet all of it would be in vain if they did not have one thing. What is that thing? It's knowing where you are when you land, and where you're going. See, for days before the Allied invasion, these soldiers studied again and again and again the maps of the part of France that they were going to be landing in. They were also often issued a map and a compass. They needed to know the terrain, the layout. They needed to know where north was. They needed to know where they were when they landed, what stood in between them and where they were trying to get and how best to get there. Now, listen, there was still an art to that, right? It's one thing to have the map, to have the compass, to understand where you are, but then there's an art in getting from here to there well and accomplishing your objective. Now, in the same way, you can have a lot of skills about life, but they mean nothing without wisdom. You can understand how a bank account works, what it means to swipe a card and something happens in your account, but it's in vain if you can't manage money. We all have known people that, that can describe backwards and forwards how the financial system works, and yet their personal finances are suffering. See, that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. You can get a college degree in business, but it's in vain if you can't actually build a company well, as employers often find. Listen, parents, you can read a book on child development, but it is in vain if you can't parent well. See, you can read a book of knowledge about parenting, but the Practice of parenting is something very different and requires wisdom. So wisdom means taking in where you are, finding yourself on the map of God's created order, and then moving to where God wants you to go. And there are three categories that wisdom is applied to that are referenced here. There's practical, intellectual, and moral aspects to wisdom. Practical, intellectual, and moral. Practical is referred to with, with uh, verse 3 in to receive instruction in wise dealing. 
On a practical level, the way we make decisions and buy stuff and sell stuff and relate to people and confront people requires wisdom. Do you want to know how to get through the details of life? Do you ever feel lost in the details of life, not knowing exactly what to do, stuck in a conflict with with a family member, struggling under a boss that you don't understand, uh, struggling with finances? You need wisdom, is what this introduction says. There's an intellectual component there, though, that that this book is also so that you can increase in learning. See, wisdom has a degree of street smarts, but it's not just subjective. It has an intellectual component that you would really understand and learn and philosophize about life well. If you want to understand how things work, you need wisdom. But there's also a moral component, which is referred to in righteousness, justice, and equity. See, in our culture, often knowledge is divorced intentionally from questions of ethics or morality. But for the biblical writers, there is no wisdom that does not have a moral component to it. You can't separate the two. Otherwise, what the Bible says is you no longer have wisdom. You may know something, but you will not be wise. So those are That's what this book aims to do for us. Now, notice it says this, to receive instruction. In other words, this is not osmosis. (laughs) It can be passed on, but it will be wasted if it is not received. Have you ever experienced this as a parent? You can tell your child something, like this is the way the world works. Don't do that. And they go, okay. And then they do it. And then you think, I just told you not to do that. Why did they do it? Because there is a gap between knowledge and wisdom. And the way to bridge that gap is receiving it. Okay. And we, friends, we live so much of our lives in that gap, don't we? We know so many things, even from the Bible, And yet, we lack wisdom. And and what what the invitation is for us is not to just exist, not to just hear another sermon, not to just read some more of your Bible, but to receive it, to receive it. These few verses are a trailer for the whole book of Proverbs. But really, Proverbs is a trailer for pursuing wisdom for your whole life. Uh, I saw the other day that on a video online, um, there was a trailer, somebody posted a trailer. But what happened was uh, they realized that not everybody even makes it through the all audiences, blah, 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 and then the beginning of the trailer, because the trailer takes too long. I don't have two minutes to watch a trailer. So what they did is they added a six second trailer for the trailer. So if you're scrolling through Facebook, it plays like five or six really exciting seconds and you go, oh man, I wanna watch that. And then you like watch the full trailer and you go, man, I wanna see the movie, right? That's what these three verses are. They're a six second preview for the book of Proverbs, but the book of Proverbs isn't the end. The book of Proverbs is a trailer for pursuing wisdom for life. And that's, that's what we wanna be after for the next few months together. Open God, oh my soul.
bookstore shelves are lined with books and stadiums are filled with speakers touting the very latest and greatest about wisdom. And while God can and He does use these sorts of methods to impart wisdom, the very best place to obtain God's wisdom is through His Word, specifically the book of Proverbs. Pastor Ricky is currently teaching through a series entitled Wisdom for Life, where he will tackle everyday issues through the lens of God's wisdom. You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Alcantar of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Cross of Grace Church, can be downloaded from our website. That's betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, our phone number is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to join us, then please come out and visit this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. For more information, including driving directions, visit betternewsradio.com. We hope to see you soon. The theme music for Better News Radio has been provided by Sovereign Grace Music. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from this series, Wisdom for Life. That's next time on Better News Radio.